Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 88, Living a Perfectly Imperfect Spiritual Life with Marnix Powells. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. Today I have my friend Marnix Powells on as a guest. And Marnix uh, lives in Amsterdam. He's a coach. He's written a lot of books. He was addicted to alcohol and drugs for a long time. Um, He found his way out of those addictions, as you'll hear about, and really kind of has a as you can imagine, a completely different life today than he did at one point. And he loves his past. He loves that he's been through those things. He doesn't seem to think about them all that much, um, except in that they really help him support people today who struggle with things. You know, as our as our um, hard times do, they they just show us, they humble us, and they show us what human beings go through in our own ways. And so I love that he looks back and loves and appreciates those times. So in this conversation, Marnix and I really just kind of chatted, um, and, it, and we went all over the place. So we talked a little bit about different frameworks. Like he, uh, he used to be very into non-dualism and he wrote some books around that. And um, now he likes this framework called the three principles a little more, but we talk a little bit about what's behind all that. And um, yeah, some of that good stuff. <laughs> we talk about uh, why some people wake up, like why was Marnix blessed to wake up from his addiction and why others don't. And spoiler alert, not neither of us know. <laughs> like we don't really know, but we discuss it. Um, we talked about this joy that Marnix feels within him and and the dangers, and I think this is so important to listen to, the dangers in that sounds so scary. It's not that scary, but you know, what happens when we when we think we know how we're supposed to feel along this exploration. So I see this all the time and Marnix does as well, where we we kind of study something, wake up to a few things and instantly along the way, our mind starts making up stories of here's how it should feel and here's how this part of your life should change and here's how it should go. And so it's a really interesting kind of discussion about how uh, for both of us, I think, how the things that have shifted aren't really at all what our mind said they should be. And and I see that for so many people and how believing what our mind says about how our change should go um, really kind of confuses things and leads us astray. So I think you'll love Marnix. He's super real. He's such a great guy. Um, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with him. Hey, Marnix. Thanks so much for being unchangeable. Hey, Amy. Thanks for inviting me. I love being here. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to this conversation. So, um, so, so for people who maybe aren't familiar with you, tell us a little bit of your background. You, you now um, are sharing this new paradigm and you're a coach, um, but kind of where were you, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago and how, what kind of led you to here? Well, Ten years ago, I was in the liquor store, and twenty years ago, I probably was in the liquor store as well. So that was uh, where I was most of my life. I've been uh, uh, addicted to uh, to the effect of alcohol for well almost twenty eight years. Um, I was really very depressed and very anxious for uh, for a long time. I thought it's funny to talk about it because you know it's 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 seven and a half years ago, and it doesn't really mean anything for me anymore you know it's like yeah so whatever and it's it's very helpful in a way that um it made me appreciate uh, living lighter so much more um i didn't even know that was possible and it's also very helpful when it comes to coaching because so many people are fed up with working with people who just know from reading books or from their study how they think the human uh, mind works and for many people, it's 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 a big relief to 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 talk to somebody who has been through the the shit they're going to. So very helpful. I really love my past, you know. And well, I, when I was in my past, when it was uh, 
<laughs> but it was depressing. I didn't really like it at all. But now it doesn't really matter. So, um, yeah, I, I um, when I was 17 I, or 18, I moved uh, from a small village in, in, uh, in the Netherlands to Amsterdam. And, I, and, and from there, I really started drinking very heavily, smoking a lot of weed. I was very, very unhappy for a long time. Um, I started in advertising. I became a copywriter. Uh, then I... After six years of being advertising, I quit for two years and I made music. I wrote songs and I sang songs. I performed and did my own songs. And I hated it because I, was, I felt so vulnerable. And um, I only was, I was mesmerized by the idea of being famous. And um, But I didn't know that in order to get there, it takes a long, uh, it's a long road and it's pretty shitty and you have shitty gigs and people will hate you sometimes. And I was still very much addicted then and uh, I had so much anxiety about being on stage so it was a it's a terrible thing to do over and over again so in 2000 I quit doing that and I started my own online agency um, and I kept doing that for a long time and I, I kept on drinking um, my world evolved around alcohol and, and drugs and, and, and tobacco and um, that was one of the biggest challenges for me when I quit drinking. It's not, it was not even not touching alcohol anymore or not, you know, uh, uh, numbing myself out by the things I did before. It was coming to realize that I was still like a child because I started drinking when I was 14, 15 and I hadn't developed the most basic human traits, you know, in order to, uh, to to how do you behave when you talk to other people how do you how do you um, cope with uh, disappointment i didn't know because everything i did was uh, drink i drank in every uh, occasion possible so that was the thing one of the things that was, was really really difficult for me the fact that my life had evolved around alcohol so much that when i quit it left a huge hole in my life because everything was about managing my addiction, my hangovers, my lies, all the all the constructs I made, all the different things I told different people. It, it was like a day job on top of my day job. And when I quit drinking and, and, and smoking, I did everything, I quit everything at the same time because I, I felt from within that it would be the, the best, the most hard thing, but also the best thing to do, to not stay addicted to one thing. Um, I felt difficult and also boring it was so boring life without alcohol and drugs i couldn't watch a movie anymore because before that i only watched movies when i was really stoned and i was really stoned i could watch everything i didn't mind you can you can you can you just switch on a tv and i'd stare at it for hours but when i was sober the 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 the, the i couldn't um you know i couldn't feel the movies anymore so i had to learn that i had to learn going in stores and and look people in the eye i had for years and years when when specific people send me an email and those were the people i had had uh, fights with in the past i still had this really dark feeling when they sent me emails even though we were fine so there were so many like uh, like thousands and thousands of things i didn't know but which had been um formed by my uh, drinking years and um, so I quit drinking uh, and then I wanted to find a solution the golden formula for happiness that was my idea so I, my idea was to find it and then to share it with the world and I think I kind of did although I'm not the, the only one or the first one so after after stopping the quitting uh, drinking uh, it took me about a year to recover from that and then I started to enjoy life bit by bit by bit by bit. I started reading and I started doing all kinds of therapy and I did mindfulness and I studied Buddhism and Taoism and then I studied non-duality and then, ooh, then I had this new goal and I wanted to be enlightened. I want to be, you know, I want to be, I want to have this freedom. I want to be an enlightened human being. I want to be like the sages in India. Uh, so um, I set uh, out on a, on, a, on a journey to realize that, which was really very funny. So I, 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 I 
gave, gave everything I had and, and, and stopped it in non-duality and studying non-duality. And I became so good at non-duality that I could be a really good non-duality teacher who was very, very unhappy. So, <laughs> because that's, that's the thing. Non-duality and uh, Buddhism and Taoism and even the three principles or the inside-out understanding, it's, it's all about the same thing. It's just different wording. That's how I see it. And the thing with uh, non-duality is that I really loved it, but I think it's a really very cold way of approaching life because there's a, a big part in non-duality is about negating, like you don't exist. You're just a happening. You're not even a human being, you know? And I use that in order to stop my emotion from, from coming in. And that's why I love the three principles so much because they're so much more open to the, the broadness of the experience. And um, that's why I stuck, uh, probably stuck to the, the, the inside out understanding. And uh, I've been floating around it for maybe three years now. Yeah. And I love it. It's interesting that difference. Um, Cause I think, I don't know. I, I think similar to you that it's all the same thing. It kind of drives me crazy when people want to argue it as if one's better or different or anything like that. But, um, but that's my experience too, is that, I don't know, there, there are ways of sharing this that just feel kind of warm and loving and that acknowledge the human part of us a little bit more. And then, and then it seems like um, that's looked at by some as like, oh, well, you don't truly get it. <laughs> you think, oh, aren't you cute? You think you're, you still exist. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. I do on some level. I mean, like, why, why push all that? You know what I mean? bigger truth especially when the bigger truth sometimes feels very like you said kind of cold and to me it I always say it feels kind of heady it's like it's like logic you know what I mean I don't want to just be be hit with a bunch of logic I want to feel something that allows me to like feel like the human being I am in a fuller way yeah it seems to me that non-duality is and and that's my interpretation of course you know yeah Uh, it, it, it feels like the most intellectual form of spirituality available and you can you can be at it forever because it, there's no end to it and the, the thing is that um while um non-duality in a way negates the fact of an ego because everything is just one playing as itself with it with itself in itself you know uh, formulations like that um it in a way it forges the the most solid egos around in spiritual world because then people start to um, negate themselves which is really funny yeah. so so they say so write, they write articles about the fact that um, we are all one and that it's not a good thing to make distinctions between people and then they start dis- making make distinctions between people who make distinctions and people who don't yeah. and it's so cunning the, 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 the personal mind, this whole idea that we are a person is so cunning and it's so smart and it takes us everywhere. And, and then we forget that we are just blindsided by it. And for me, I, I had been around non-duality for a while and then I, I, I was at the discussion boards and I was there and then we all tried to be as non-dual as possible, which by itself is, is, is really very funny. <laughs> and so now whenever I see something like this, um, I just steer away from it because I, I, I simply don't care. Um, I don't want to be right. I just want to be where I am yeah. as I am. Yeah. You know, I don't care about being right because it doesn't mean anything. You know, one day I'll, I'll feel great about all my knowledge and the next day it doesn't help me a bit and I feel like shit and then I'm really in panic because, oh, I knew so much. What happened? Yeah. So, and uh, that's the thing. We can we make something out of everything. So let's say you start meditating before because you well you have you have a really crowded mind and you you're you know you it it it, uh, it has an effect on your life and, and you get physical symptoms and stuff like that. So you start meditating and and that's a cool thing to meditate because for the first time you might see that we have all all these experiences you know flowing through us. And, you, and most people have, have never looked at it that way. So that's a, that's a, that's a good way to get uh, your first glimpse of how this whole system works. But then we, we grab it and we, go, we use it against us. So 
then we have bad sessions or we don't meditate enough or we meditate more than other people. So then we are a black belt meditator. We can, we can grab the most, you know, exquisite, exquisitely beautiful, serene, subtle thing and make it into a competition or make it into something that we have to be good at. Yeah. And we constantly lose ourselves in all these little competitions we have with ourselves and with other people. Um, and I just found out for myself, I don't want to do that anymore because it's a waste of time. I'd rather be just a dork with his mouth open, staring out of the window, looking at a dog. Don't you think to some extent, um, like that, like what you're saying, how we make something into a thing or we, we feel, we feel at home in something, we feel ourselves and then, right, we attribute it to that thing. Um, that's just what a mind is always going to do, I think, because that's how a mind seems to work. So, you know, like it, it wants to find something solid and just attach everything to it. And so it's interesting um, how even that though, like once we see that that's how a mind works, we're still, our mind is still going to do that at times, maybe far less once we see it, you know, but it's still going to happen probably to varying degrees for all of us throughout a lifetime. But it's, but it's kind of cool when you're almost like seeing that that's what's playing out. Then it's like, oh, there, there, I did it again, you know, and it's, you know, so we just get all these reminders, all these pointers back home in what used to look like, oh, messing up or, yeah, you know, it's not. It's just another pointer back to, oh, there, there was my mind again. Yeah, and I think you want to because, you know, when you were talking, when you were, when you were explaining this, I suddenly saw what, what the difference between non-duality and, and three principles because it's actually at this, uh, at this, um, um, where the road goes into different directions. The one is that, okay, I know that we feel our thinking and that we are constantly um, living in that mental um, noise. So, well, non-duality tries to completely get that out of the way and get rid of that. Like constantly, you don't exist. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. It's like you try to numb out this whole system. Well, well so where non-duality tries to... Uh, intellectually uh, rid, you, rid our uh, experience of everything that's human, like all the the, the, the doubts and the frustration. It's like, ah, it doesn't mean anything. Um, I think that the, through principles has a really, really, really huge appreciation for all this mess. And I like that way more. And it's way, more, way simpler than me constantly trying to negate everything that happens to me, like you know, by telling myself that it's not real and that, that I don't exist. Um, I want to exist. I want to feel like a, uh, like a human being because I am. And, 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 that's, and at some level, I'm not. But I can't live at that level. <laughs> you know, I, I simply can't. So I'd rather live at the human uh, level while being fully aware of the fact that I am very, very spiritual by nature because that helps me enjoy the human experience way more. Does it matter on a, like, does it come up for you on a day-to-day basis or like with your clients or anything? I mean, at the end of the day, you're just, you're just being with people, seeing them for who they truly are, right? And kind of pointing them toward that themselves. So, I mean, these, the framework and all that kind of stuff, does it, is it a part of your everyday life or just in conversations like this where we're talking about it? Yeah, well, sometimes it is. But then again, you know, that's proof of the fact that it doesn't, it's not really important. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm sometimes I talked with somebody for two hours and then we're so lost in an intellectual puzzle. And I sometimes, then I suddenly realized that everything we were talking about and it is complicated for us was made up. And sometimes it's so hard to, to show people that that's what we're doing because here we go again, you know, you want to have a, have a healthy respect for the fact that we simply, we, uh, that's how we uh, experience life by our, by our thoughts, by thinking, by feeling what we think. You don't want to dismiss that. You don't want to go as so far that you don't feel anything anymore. So 
a healthy respect for this whole system is where it's at, if you ask me. So is the framework important? Sometimes, sometimes it's not because people tend to see these amazing, have to have these amazing insights no matter what. And sometimes you're really, you're really on fire and you have this awesome framework lay out for them. And they just look at you like you're from Mars. And sometimes you stumble and you don't, I, you could find, find a word if it, if it, you know, if it picked you in the butt. And they love it and they are touched and they feel amazing from within. So sometimes it's helpful um, to go with people for, for, take them on a little stroll and, 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 and let their intellect come with you in order to lull the, inter, uh, the intellect or to put it to sleep a bit. Sometimes I talk so much in a conversation that people just, their intellect just crashes, like they can't follow it anymore. And then after that, they're open. So, but it, it, in the end, it doesn't matter. You know, there were some Indian sages who did nothing. They, they said nothing. They were just sitting on a, on a bench and then everybody gathered around them and people got enlightened by the, by, by, by the dozens, simply by being in the, in the, in the, you know, being close to this, this person. So we love the fact that it's, that we have frameworks and, and, and because we can use it and we can talk about stuff but in the end does it matter no i don't think so but it's not bad either yeah so um so how i love this idea of of, uh, or like kind of this question of um what what is life like now like you mentioned that you know 10 seven years ago whatever like it you don't even know who that person is in a sense, but it's not, it's like kind of what you just said. It's not good. It's not bad. I mean, it's kind of cool that you have that as experience and it just is what it is. Like how, obviously the outside of your life, totally different. The inside of your life, it sounds like totally different now versus then. But, but how, I guess, I, I guess the question is like, how is how you feel now and how life is now? Um, is it kind of what you, would think it would be once you study all this and and become a, a addiction free you know happy person <laughs> or do you know like this whole idea of like oh someone who's a coach or someone who's written all these books that you have or someone who studied this I think our mind again makes up so much stuff about what that's going to look and feel like and I'm curious for you how how your life feeling you know kind of matches that idea yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's nothing like, like I thought it would be nothing because there's this thing, you know, when I started, um, when I stopped drinking and I started looking at life in a different way and started reading all these books and watching all these videos, I had all kinds of ideas of what it would mean to be free of, of all this negativity and all this, all these doubts and all these worries. But when you're not there, when you're not in the, in that specific consciousness, you're um, the thing you project in the future, the thing you're longing for is made from old thinking, from old uh, consciousness. So it's, it's like not being able to swim and then imagine what it would be like to go from, from Netherlands to the UK in, uh, uh, you know, in the sea. You, you don't know, but you will know when you're in the sea and you know how to swim. So it's completely different. I had all these ideas about what it would mean to be free but they were way more, I think, superficial than how it feels right now. And I think we, we, we get to a point now in the conversation where, you know, I feel so joyful from within. But it doesn't mean that I, that I jump an, up and down all day long. It's like a very subtle feeling of joy and curiosity. And it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome mix of all the, all the good energy you can feel as a human being. So trusting so in awe of everything but when you don't feel it you don't really know what it means or what it will do to you and that's what i find so fascinating about this because um it's not like you know uh, first there were the, the dark ages and then i uh, you know came out of the dungeon and then i had a new life period no new life is really constantly new like every second Every day it's new. Every day I feel more, I see more, I open up more. 
I got so much appreciation for the unfolding of this whole thing. That's that alone was never in my mind when I thought about this. I thought this. I, I, I will. Well, my my craving for alcohol will stop. Maybe I'll be a little bit more outgoing. Maybe whatever. Uh, I'll be a, a little bit more positive. What I didn't know that um, you could change so fundamentally, and maybe it's a change back to where you already come from. You know, maybe it's not a. It's just a turning point, and you return to the place where you where you're at when you were born. I don't know. That's all stories. But the the change is so profound and so um, so deep that it doesn't only um, affect me, but it's like the most positive coronavirus possible. You know, you have it around you and you are in a, in a bar and it seems like most people in the bar start to feel better. Maybe it sounds ridiculous, but that's what I've seen over the, over the last years. And that's why I, that's one of the things why I, that I love so much about coaching because it's, it, it's like, like we're creating an army of love, you know, like we're, we're the soldiers uh, of, of love. And when I work with somebody and, and they, they return to their to their world the world has changed for them sometimes people ask me i feel so good Barnick. you know after a few days of intensive coaching i feel so good but how do i take this into my old world and I said well it, there's no old world anymore there is only new world and so they take it with them and from there they build up on, on what they've seen for themselves and they change and the people around them change and they're People on their, uh, you know, at work change, and it's such a profound um, and um, deeply um, effective uh, conversation we have that there has never been anything in my life that I feel so excited about. And I've been doing this now for six years, which really, really doesn't mean anything. It's so still so short, and I'm so excited about what I'm going to see. And I know it will just go on and on and on. It's so interesting how, how um, you know, I, I see this all the time. I'm sure you do too, where we have these expectations, like, we t- like you talked about, of how we think it's supposed to look and feel even. And I see people wake up and, and just, you know, they, they catch the positive coronavirus from someone around them and that you see it in them and they feel it and see it. But, but there's this way in which our mind will just kind of swat it away if it doesn't seem to match what they thought it was going to be like. So for example, like so many things in their life have changed and you feel their energy different, but they'll say, yeah, but I still did this or I, I yelled at my kids last night or I, you know, whatever it might be. And, and so I love just this whole conversation. It's the weirdest thing the hardest thing to talk about because there's so many, so many kind of seemingly inconsistent things. To a mind, it's inconsistent, but it's like, like when you say something like, nothing's really changed, but everything feels different. Even that, like a mind can't figure that out, but it'll sure make something up <laughs> to try to guess at what that means, you know? And, and, but it really, um, yeah, I love how you talk about it being the subtle, like the subtle feeling of joy within because I, I think again, subtle is just another word, but it, it helps us kind of see, Oh, it, that, that feeling has always been in there. It's, and it doesn't express itself like bouncing around and being happy all the time. And it can express itself in any way, but it's almost like just waking up to something that's, I don't know, just like deeper and always in there and just kind of like quietly been knocking at the door forever and always will be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's the funny thing is that we, it's so elegant and, 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 and simple and, and, un, un, you know, it's, it's like the mind doesn't like subtleness. The mind likes spectacle. So as soon as it's not really, you know, if it's not spectacular, uh, the mind starts to uh, to bitch about it. So, so when I when I tell people sometimes that I really feel content most of the time, they think like, "Oh, that's really boring." I say, "No, no, no, it's not boring. It's the best feeling in the world." And on top of that, I have all these bouts of happiness as well. But happiness is just more like an explosion, more like a very temporary flaring up of good feelings. But below that, so let's suppose. Um, some, I, I I love to 
compare it uh, to being in love with somebody, you know, because everybody knows what it feels like. And I say that when you are in love with somebody, you see the world in a different light, but the world hasn't changed a bit. So you, you see that from within, you are creating this whole new world around you. And then people get that. They, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but there's so, so many layers when it comes to thinking where we don't, you know, see it as thinking that we are blindsided constantly. So when you first see what we're talking about, we love to talk about when you first see that you can have these amazing insights, but then the mind subtly and cunningly finds its way back and then starts to, you know, put doubts in, in your system again. And it can take a while to, to catch those, um, those moments when the mind tries to get back in, 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 into the system because it's been there, you know, uh, all your life. It loves its place. It loves uh, being uh, at the helm of your life and being able to control everything you do. So it doesn't, it doesn't tend to give up very, very easily. But, uh, but then again, when you start following that feeling of subtle joy, that is, has always been there. This, 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 you know, when you start to connect, connect with this consciousness again, the mind settles down and it kind of agrees on the new position. Like, okay, well, if you're still going to use me just a little bit less, and if I'm not able to, you know, pretend that I know what the future will look like, I'll sell it for that. And I've seen that for myself that I think way less than I did before. And I care less about the things that I think about. But I still get caught up constantly. And I want that. I want to be caught up. I want to look and think about my daughter and have all these feelings of love for her. I want to think about a trip I have next, whatever, two weeks from now, going to Calgary and be really oh, so, you know, looking, looking out for it and having so much joy. I love that. I don't want to dismiss that. And you can't have one and not the other. You cannot say, no, I don't want to eat painful emotions anymore just the good ones it doesn't work that way so you're either in or you're out and I love being in and that was new for me that's awesome I know I love being in too and I think it's such a such a nice place to be like I always say this is like the ultimate freedom is when you love being human and you you're like anything that comes my way I mean yeah we'd rather be excited about a trip than you know heartbroken over something or angsty about something but but I wouldn't want to trade that either, <laughs> the whole thing, you know? And and I think it's just an interesting thing for people to see when we're in that place where, and it, and it has parallels with addiction when, when it's like, okay, I want to never, ever want a drink again. Like that is how it, this has to go. Or I want to, you know, never, ever feel this thing again. That's how this has to go. It's just a, it's just a good pointer to kind of show us, hey, okay, so you're only okay with a sliver of the human experience? Well, Maybe there's, you know, maybe there's just a little more to see in that. Yeah, it's so unreal to to have, you know, all this, this whole bunch of preferences, we, the stuff we don't want or want. And I, I always like to use this analogy of being in a movie theater. So if you're in a movie theater and you're going, you're going to watch a movie, and there were like two uh, modalities to watch a movie. The, the, the first one is that where you believe everything you see, and the second one is where you believe nothing you see. Because you, you know, re, you remember that you're in a, in a movie theater. In the first one, when you believe everything you see, the first scene, you know, when like a car is on fire, you would run out of the cinema because it's so real. It's not really helpful in, in, when you're going to watch a movie. The other thing is where you don't believe anything, and you're constantly like, "Yeah, this is Tom Cruise. He's probably standing on the box, and this is CGI, and this is it doesn't." I mean, well, probably people will beat you out of the cinema. But the, the really cool place to be is somewhere in between. So you know that you're in the cinema, but you surrender to the experience. That's how I see life. Yeah. No, I love that. That's a great, that's a great, uh, great way to think about it. So do you think this, this whole thing, uh, whatever this thing is that we're talking about this, like, you know, <laughs> whatever, uh, can, yeah. how does, how do we get better at that? Can we get better at it? Like, what is that, you know, just for you, like you said, you're just excited to just see what you see next and to keep seeing things. Is there any role that it feels like you're playing in that? Or is it almost just like, hey, okay, show me life? 
Yeah, well, even if you say show me life, it seems there is a role. Um, um, what most people say about this is they say, just stay curious or stay in the conversation. And that might be an answer. Uh, to be honest, I uh, my ideas about around this tend to, to change quite a bit. So sometimes I think I do something and sometimes I realize I don't because I don't know why I do something in the first place. I have this urge to do it, but I didn't make up the urge. So it looks like it just it's just happening. And the more you um, get to float in this really nice, accepting, energetic feeling, the more it tends to stick. And the more you tend and you 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 see, and the more blind spots fall away. It's I don't, I'm I'm really it's a really good question because. Of course, many people who listen to this podcast want to know how they do stuff. And that's a frustrating thing and, and because I don't really think there is such a big how. But on the other hand, you can read books, you can listen to podcasts, and by doing that, you might have some inclinations that will be helpful for you. But on the other hand, none of people have seen or have woken up who had never re even read a book in their lives. So it, it doesn't have to be that way. But follow, let, let me, let me, let me just say what most people say. And it's, it's a little bit flat maybe, or a little bit boring, but it might be true. Follow, follow the good feeling. Stay as close as you can to the good feeling. You know, when I, when I, uh, last year, when I didn't have any clients for a month, you know, I was panicked when that happens, even after, you know, when it happened for the five, fifth time in two years. And in between, I always had a lot of clients. I didn't see how ridiculous I was uh, uh, acting on that. But the last time I had it in December, I realized it's not about having clients. I realized, why, why, what, what do I love to do in the world? What do I want to do in the world? And then I'm, and I saw for myself, I want to be creative. I want to be used by a force that's bigger than this little tiny Marnix thing. I love to help people. Um, and I, so I love to, to, to be in direct contact with the creative force of, 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 the, of, of life. And I don't need any clients for all of this. I can do that everywhere, whenever I want to. So I started doing that again. I started staying close to what feels good for me and what nourishes me and what makes me happy. And from there, I started to create and make stuff with no expectations at all none and because i i i i, I it looks looks like i came closer to the flame of my enthusiasm and and it started to burn again and i felt felt warm again and i felt good again and i started creating stuff and people liked the stuff and within two weeks i had so many new clients again now i don't really want to make this into a thing but then it, but i i for me it was a thing i want to stay to that stay close to that that feeling that seems mostly me that seems like who i am who i truly am this joy in life it doesn't mean that bad shit doesn't happen because it always does you know but it doesn't matter as long as i stay close to that it's it looks to me like i'm used for something that is so much bigger than i, than I could ever imagine with my personal mind and then stuff happens that's in accordance to that uh, that joy and that curiosity and that wonder that I love so much that I've come to uh, to to uh, you know um, appreciate so much. So that's what I maybe that's an answer to your question. <laughs> you know, uh, stay close to that that deep feeling of joy and 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 um, uh, peace and excitement and it. Maybe it's not really overwhelming for many people, as long as, you know, especially when you're tired or scared all the time or you're hungover all the time, but it's still there. And, you know, and when you're in this conversation and you start to feel it again, appreciate it, stay close to it. And you'll, and it will look like you forget it. You're same here. You have it too, Amy. We all do. It's like, oh, it's gone. <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's just that, you know, your thinking mind has, has, has tried to, to, to take its place again. Um, but you get used to it. You get more uh, in tune with that. You get more um, um, accustomed to it. And then more and more effortlessly, you steer away from all the madness. 
just just in the most natural way possible. There's there's no doing in there. It's just happening. Well, I love, um, you know, I think what people will often, how they'll hear that is like, oh, that's the formula for getting more clients when you don't have any. (laughs) But it's so clear, you know, and just in how you share that, like that, it's not a formula for anything. It's the whole point. Like you asked yourself, what is it that I really want here? And it wasn't clients. It was, it was, you know, that connection with creativity and all of that. So you really can't go wrong. I think when you follow that feeling and, and just, you know, don't overthink it because then again, a mind will jump in and be like, well, which feeling (laughs) the one that has, you know, the one that feels really good when I'm stoned. No, not that one. (laughs) Like, you know, so don't overthink it. You know what feeling just, you know, we all know what feeling don't think about it so much. Just, uh, you know, just kind of following it. We can't go wrong. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the, the, the feeling, you know, you know, just before we, when you started the, record, the recording of this conversation, we talked about the irony of, uh, of producing podcasts, you know, where we, where we say, well, you, you have already have everything you need. You don't have to read any more books, but just listen to me, to this podcast. So we, we, we can always, uh, contradict ourselves and it's it's very adorable and uh, I love listening to podcasts and I also know that I don't need them but um, I love eating spare ribs as well and I don't need them as well but I just do so sometimes I eat spare ribs <laughs> um, all right last question and I this one just popped in my head and I'm so curious something I think about a lot I'm so curious to hear what you say about this so and I don't know how to ask it exactly, so I'll just stumble through it. What do you, like, do you ever wonder how it is that you came to get sober and be where you are right now, given that everything in your life, you know, 10 years ago looked like the rest of your life very easily could have gone a very, very, very different way? Like, and and what about... <laughs> What about the people that don't seem to wake up? Like I, you know, I, I guess it stems off the question we just asked. Like, do we have some role on this? Is it? Did you? Were you just graced with something, or did you know to follow something that that woke you up from the life you were in to this one that other people just miss? Or like, I know this is sort of an unanswerable question, I think, but um, I don't know. What do you see around that? Yeah. Well. Um, this is this is probably the the, the the very difficult question about responsibility, so and uh, autonomy and uh, free will. You know, we can we can uh, we can find a rabbit hole there. Um, I guess I was lucky. I guess I was lucky to realize that there's something I can do. So it's a combination. Um, I would never say that if people. Um, stay addicted and they kill themselves that they did something wrong that they had the opportunity to do it in a different way because there is only one way there's only one life I don't life is no theory it's not like yeah but I could have done this well yeah but it doesn't matter because you didn't right I never go there I never live there because it doesn't exist anywhere but but in our minds so when I quit drinking I wanted to start drinking Again, the first half year of, of my sobriety, I wanted to start probably about ten thousand times, but I didn't. And and one, you know, th- I, I had like two hundred cravings a day, and few of them were easy to withstand, and some of them were like were really, really, really difficult. I've been standing with my forehead, you know, uh, on the on the on the window of the liquor store, watching, you know, you know looking inside crying against the, the window pane for 15 minutes and then go home again. What happened there is I got lucky. I Something inside me when I wanted to quit, when the mind wanted to quit, something deeper inside me said, don't, just hang in there. Just two minutes, four minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes. Don't, just don't. And... Um, this happened at exactly the right moment in my life where, you know, where I, this is a question I ask many of my clients. It's a question I'm really interested in. So what, what if everything in life is perfect? 
not, not, not your personal perfection, but in a universal way. What if everything is always perfect the way it is? Trump is perfect in his Trumpness. You know, the coronavirus is, is exquisitely perfect in the way it is and in the way it is spreading. Of course, you can have moral and ethical and personal ideas about that. And I do, because I'm not an asshole, but well, sometimes I am. But um, what if life is perfect? What if, and, and that's a, such a big question to ponder, but it's also a beautiful one. Because in a way, it takes out the responsibility and it will make you responsible in the same, <laughs> just the same. Because I, I, I cleaned up my act. And it was really hard. But how come I didn't fall back? Well, I don't know. I don't know what, what gave me the power to stay uh, on this new path. I was lucky to be there. But then again, I also had to fight my, my cravings. So it's the same. I think in theory, <laughs> in theory, everybody is capable of realizing that it's not really bad to feel uncomfortable. And being feeling uncomfortable is the only reason why we get addicted. We don't like that. And we want to feel relief for a while from it. And then we, we stumble into this habit and our brain loves habits. So there you go. Now you've got a problem. But I think, in t in, and everybody is able to ride out the feeling of, of feeling uncomfortable and then see what's behind that. So that, but like, that's, that's what, what life has taught me. But I, I didn't make it up. I don't, I don't feel like I could pat myself on the shoulder forever saying how amazing it is what I did. <laughs> but I don't know why I did it seven years ago and not eight years ago or why I started to drink in the first place. So these are really big questions and there's nobody in the world who knows the answer to it. Yeah. So maybe there is no answer. Maybe um, it's way simpler than we all think. And I guess it is. Well, that's what I love about the the possibility of uh, just that question of like, what if it's all perfect? And, you know, it's very, very hard for our mind to see that in a specific instance, like how this thing is perfect, how coronavirus is perfect, or how, you know, years of alcoholism is perfect. But when we back up from us and our little lives and we kind of just see things in a bigger picture, it sometimes it gets a little easier to see that. And and I, I really like, I think it's really helpful, the thing about, you know, life doesn't happen in theory. It kills me to see people thinking, oh, I should have done this, or I wish I would have done that. Like, it was not possible for you to have done that, or you would have done it. You did what you did. There's no, there's no forks in the road, really, in life. There's just what you're in and, and how things are unfolding. And, and that by design, every single one of us can like you said, sit with a feeling and, and see new things. You know, like by design, that's possible for all of us. And we're just in the life we're in and the experience we're in. <laughs> and, you know, it's both are true. Yeah. 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 Well, I think it's a, it's a big question. I just think, you know, I think yeah, it's really I mean, easy I, to be like, hey, why did you get to wake up and this guy over here didn't? You know, but we don't, yeah, well, I don't expect it, to know. Yeah. It's, it seems very unfair. You know, yeah. and I and I I would be the first one to to acknowledge that it seems very unfair, and it seems like I oh I was really a tough guy to ride out my ways for a year, and maybe I was, but I I didn't make up the fact that I was able to do that in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, it's uh, <laughs> it's so fun though. It's so fun what we get to explore and to see. You know, even in a conversation like this, what what we, as people are listening, what you agree with and what you disagree with and what's like, oh, I don't like that and everything's not perfect or what brings you, or on the flip side, like when you hear something like that and suddenly you take a deeper breath and you relax. Like, yeah. it's just so amazing that we get to have these kinds of conversations and then just notice all this, all this human stuff happening within us. And there is no right or wrong to it. There's just the experience we're having. Yeah. I, I, I hope so, so, so much that people who listen to this and who listen to you and I, and you know, I love listening to your podcast. I've, I've, I've done, I've done that forever. Um, and watch your videos. I, I so, so hope that people find this more peaceful place that has always been there instead of trying to argue with us, you know, in their head and trying to win the, the mental war because you can't, 
because yeah. it's 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 endless. You'll never you'll never find your way out. And by stepping back and 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 realizing the perfection of life, and and I can I can totally understand that. That sometimes it sounds really far fetched. Like yeah, and Hitler, come on. Okay, sorry, <laughs> let's, yeah. let's, not, let's not go there. <laughs> but when you see, you see, and then it makes so much sense. Um, so we're. I am so lucky, and I think you you agree on this that that we can are constantly able to. To, to, to talk about this, to show people that, you know, what's inside them and to guide them a little bit in order to find it for, for themselves. And then in the process, get to enjoy it for ourselves as well. You know, yeah. it's, it's, so, it's the best win-win situation possible. It totally is. I know. I love it. I love that it works that way. The more you feel it, the more you can share it because then we just get to feel it. <laughs> we, we just get to do this thing that feels very selfish and like, you know, but it's also the best feeling in the world. And knowing that, like you said, like we're this little army of love that like spreads it, shares it, not with words, but just, just by feeling good ourselves. Yeah, we do the words because yeah, well, that's how communication works. But it doesn't. Right. The words don't don't matter that much. No. Yeah. And and he wrote another book. So whoop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and here, read these forty-two thousand words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Martin. This is such a great conversation. And um, yeah, I just love your your take on things. I love how your how your life has changed over the years, and that you share it so openly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thanks for inviting me. And can you can remember that I emailed you after I read your book, and then I asked, "Have you have you ever heard about the three principles?" And then you said, uh, <laughs> "Did you read the back of my book?" <laughs> you were the one who said you should go to the three principles conference. In I remember two, that. 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I am responsible for all of your success, Marnix. Yeah. Let's, uh, yeah. Well, you got a kick. You got a kickback. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. It's great talking with you. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to Changeable. If you enjoy this podcast, please let me know by subscribing or maybe even considering leaving a review. iTunes reviews are so valuable in helping other people who need change to find their way here. I'll talk to you next week.